Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today is an actress and a singer who is in Billy Elliot on Broadway. My guest today is Annabelle Kempf. When did you play Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty and was it fun playing a villain? Yes, um, that's funny you ask. Um, I did that in 2011. That was the role I did actually right before my Broadway debut. Oh, wow. And I had gone in, uh, it was a youth theater production in Pennsylvania. Um, my The community theater that I worked with had a children's theater, so they would do junior productions. And when they were auditioning for this show, I first thought, hmm, what should I audition for? Should I audition for Sleepy Beauty? But then I was like, you know what? I'll do Maleficent. And I like practiced my evil cackle for a couple days before the audition. And it felt so fun to do. I, when I was little, I really loved leaning into character Mm -hmm. acting, which is very weird because as a child, you can't do much character acting. You can only be a child, but my imagination was really back then so I think that's what helped me but I loved it I loved playing evil it was great was this production extremely difficult from the film from what you can remember were you painted green and did you have get to wear horns I wasn't painted green I did get to wear horns my dad actually made the horns we did like you know biker shorts yeah like a pair of like women's biker shorts and we stuffed it with like newspaper and like some foam and then we put like silver pipe cleaner on it it was a whole ordeal that's cool yeah it was really my dad works in the industry on like the film side and Mm -hmm. he's he's a great craftsman so he's actually helped me a lot with the productions I've done in community theater building sets and costumes and such so that was fun to get to work with him but no I wasn't painted green and I kind of wish I would yeah what exactly is a Nickelodeon lab So a Nickelodeon lab, well, a lab in and of itself is a presentation for um, people on a creative team and possible investors and producers to kind of come and look at an idea of a musical or a production. Mm -hmm. And a Nickelodeon lab is that, but for Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. So the Explorer was, um, they had this idea of creating, you know, like Disney on Ice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's sort of like that, only a stage production of Nickelodeon shows. I saw Dora live when I was a kid. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So it was, it was that, like they were testing it out and I don't know, I really don't know how it advanced past the lab that I did, but were there adults in that production or was it kids? I think, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was adults. Okay. Yes. So our production was all kids. Which I think is a really interesting take because when you see Disney on Ice, it's all adults, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But it started with kids, and so it was a bunch of kids ranging from, I believe I was the youngest, I was nine, and it ranged up to, like, high schoolers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we we rehearsed for, I believe, two weeks, and then we presented it, and, and, like, half of us were in costume and half of us were not, and it was just really fun. yeah. Did you already know majority of the map song lyrics because of your childhood? I did. I I was a avid Dora watcher. Me too. And I I was very short and very chunky, 
So I thought just aesthetically speaking, I would be considered for Dora, not even thinking about my ethnicity. I was like, oh, well, I'm chunky, so I'll just audition for Dora, but I'm not Hispanic. And so they cast me as the map and I, I kind of loved it even more than I would have known at the time because mm-hmm. he's kind of funny in a way. Yeah. And he to be very um, flamboyant, I think the word was. So again, I was just able to kind of lean into character acting, which was really fun for me, especially as a little kid. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I knew all the songs and um, they added a couple ones. It, the pilot that the lab pilot that they based it off of was the um, pirate episode. I don't know if you remember. That, yes, that was the Dora Live that I saw. Oh, when I was little, yeah, I had the book. It was like a, like just like a children's picture book of the pirate one. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Okay, well, it's so funny that you say that because I didn't know how far this production got after I did it. I was just like doing so many other things just as a kid that I I didn't stay on top of what they had finally done with it. So that's so like nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's the one that I saw. So funny. Or yeah, one of the ones that I saw. Songs and everything. I remember the only the one thing that really stood out to me, and it's funny because I was just talking about this with a friend at work the other day. We were talking about how at Dora Live, instead of Where's Boots, it would be Where's Dora. Yeah, and yeah, then that's how it was in our production. And then Dora would come swinging in on a vine. That's so funny. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. We were in like Pearl Studios. Mm-hmm. And- of, like minimal costume but that's amazing yeah that i vaguely remember it and then i remember um what's the song uh come on let's go come on let's get to it i know that where are we going we all knew that when we were all off book first day of rehearsal we just needed to learn the choreography because like it was all it was all the generation that grew up with dora i, I think dora still airing new episodes i don't know but i don't i don't know but it's very different yeah, uh, she's creepy looking now. Have you seen an updated version of her? Have. She's creepy looking. Her and Strawberry Shortcake are both creepy looking now. Oh, I didn't know that Strawberry Shortcake was still going. Strawberry Shortcake, I don't know what Strawberry Shortcake is up to these days, but I did see an updated Strawberry Shortcake, and it was creepy. Yeah, honestly, Blue's Clues as well. It's just the animation has gotten so close to real as real as a cartoon can look that it has turned creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, 100%. Yeah. Like, they should have brought Blue's Clues back as Blue's Clues that we had. And with Steve. I... What was it like bringing something so well-known to, like, to life on stage? Kind of like, or like bringing Dora to life for investors and people like that? It was... It felt very special, especially because it was one of my first professional gigs I did in New York. Um, not only did they cast just a really unique and good group of actors, like kid actors, which having a lot of kid actors in one room is not an easy feat because they're they're still kids. They're kids, of- exactly. Right. So the fact that they trusted us with that task was personally special for me but I think because we all had such a love for the cartoon itself because we had all grown up with it um it only made us that much more eager to put our 150 percent into it mm-hmm. and our director was just so easygoing and was so open to trying new things and allowing us to put our spin on it like like I said before I 
I always thought the map was very like on the nose, flamboyant of a of mm -hmm. a cartoon character. So when I did it, I was a girl, and you hear a, a guy's voice in the cartoon. So I was like, how can I make my take, you know, similar in what it's rooted in, what the character is, but make it kind of funny for a kid and so I would do things kind of like over the top like, yeah you got to it's the map right if I was like I know how to get to Treasure Island I would like do a head roll and, mm -hmm. like, it was funny because it was like all of our first experiences doing something at this level in front of that kind of oh level. I know exactly what you mean yeah like getting the laughs it was just, it's just so fun when you're little oh yeah at what part of the Billy Elliot experience did you realize that you were in an Elton John musical on Broadway and that Elton John, and it was like a big deal that this is what you were doing in life? Honestly, I think that specific question, when did I figure out that it was a big deal and it was like an Elton John musical, was when I got my costume for Shine, the pink tutu and the the headdress and the big feather fan like I cannot tell you when I went to my first rehearsal for specifically the number shine when we were in the studio space um our dance captain showed us the feather fans and I had known I had seen the musical before I auditioned for it and I I knew what was in the musical itself but for some reason I like kind of forgot about the fans and when I was little I grew up on not only watching movie musicals, but like a lot of Bob Fosse. Mm -hmm. And I would on repeat watch the Fosse tribute that Anne Ryan King and Ben Breen did in New York City. Oh, I know what that is, yeah. So I would watch that religiously as like a six-year-old, and it was my dream of all dreams to one day dance on stage with a big white feather fan. And little did I know that dream was coming true in Billy Elliot because when I got into the audition space, I broke down, like, crying, laughing, screaming with excitement, and my dance captain was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And I was just so excited because... I was getting to dance with the feather fans. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like when you're when you think Broadway, you think of those giant feather fans and musicals. I mean, that's yeah. what I thought of before I figured out like the what Broadway like kind of is outside of that. Yeah, it's just it's big, it's phenomenal and like a little kid like I didn't I didn't ever think that, you know, my pipe dream of dancing with a fan would come true especially at 11 years old. So yeah. specifically learning the shine number and being put in the costumes for the first time that's when I was like okay this is a real production this is an Elton John original um but I had seen the movie before I had seen the Broadway show and, mm -hmm. for it. and my parents loved I I think I was like I think I was one when the film came out and I saw it later in life probably when I was like eight or ten mm -hmm. and my parents watched it a couple of times so they really loved it and it's just god it's just such a good story with such good morals and messages and it was just a well overall well-rounded good production with good people so like the whole journey I was at every turn like what is my life yeah did you like the fact that a majority of your castmates were around your age yeah, I I don't think I could have asked for a better experience. Um, as you can imagine, with with a bunch of kids, specifically eleven girls, crammed in a very small dressing room, it absolutely did get hectic at times. I'm sure it did. It's girls. 
Right. So, you know, you have you have girls who are middle school girls nevertheless. And elementary school, the youngest girl, so Ebony, who was in the show with me, she did the whole run from 2008 all the way to closing. Oh. And I believe she started when she was 5, 6 maybe. So like all throughout the show's run, there were kids ranging and the small boys, even though they weren't in the dressing room with us, you had mm-hmm. kids from elementary school all the way up to college age because our oldest swing was 18 at the time oh wow so you had such a wide range of kids and i think they did their they did their best to kind of clump age groups together in the dressing room now that i realize it and think about it but Mm -hmm. it was madness but it was i always used to say it was like a big sleepover every night yeah being an only child it was really nice getting to have that sisterhood that I hadn't had at home yeah um, but yeah it was madness but it was the most perfect madness I can imagine. did you like love the dancing in that in that show because that's a very dance heavy show for children yeah and I I can't believe I did it only because I growing up I started dancing when I was two and I absolutely loved it, but I was by no means a prima ballerina or an advanced tapper. I was, my strong suits were jazz and I had good technique and hip hop. That's what so, I did too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I just love dance and I, I never thought, oh, dance will be my thing. I always was just like, this is a good skill set to have. I really enjoy it. Um, and it, you know, it, it's a part of being in the theater community so it's just a skill you have to learn and Mm so I did that growing up and then um when I saw the show a light switch went off because I was like oh I that's in my skill set like yeah there's a lot of tapping but I can learn that and so I was just I was my interest was piqued and then I at the time reached out to my agent, my agent that I had as a kid, and I was like, hey, I, I want to go in for Billy Elliot. I hear there's an open call happening, so I think we can go in. And she said to me, um, you can totally go in, but I can try to get you an appointment because that's what agents do. But for some reason, I was like, I'm not taking my chances. I want to go to this open call. So I went to the open call, and they did it at the theater. I believe it was a Schubert Theater where they did Baby It's You. Oh, wow. I forget. But they did it at the theater where Baby It's You was happening. And um, it happened on the stage, like a real chorus line situation. Oh, so this was like no joke. This was no joke. It was an open call. They had these, they had like performers outside to get us hyped. They were playing camp rock songs. For the oh, kids. yeah. Whole ordeal. And it was amazing. It was I believe it was in August or September. So my mom and I just, uh, oh, my dad was there too. My mom and dad took me, we waited in line for hours. It was a classic open call story. And then we do the combination. I finally get on stage and do the combination. And they weren't really doing cuts. They were doing it group by group. And then I was in one of the last groups. So Nora Brennan, the casting director, sat all of us down we were in the orchestra of the theater and she was like okay so right now we don't have any specific roles to be cast but in six months if we need you you'll hear from us in six months so my mom loves telling the story i i on my calendar checked off every day from the day i went to six months and um 
just around that time, my agent said, they want to, they want you to come in for a specific role. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So I did, it was yet another really big call. Um, mm-hmm. I think at least a hundred plus girls over the course of like a weekend. Oh, wow. And, um, we did the shine dance. We did this ballet combination that we had done at the open call. And then they did a couple cuts all throughout the day. And then finally they get to the tap session, which as I said, previously i was not a tapper at all oh and you're like oh shoot right so i and also i had bought new tap shoes the night before so i had blisters on my ankle my mom had to run into the audition room because like i think who was it it was one of our dance captains that Mm -hmm. i had known they came out and said Annabelle Kemp's mom, she needs a Band-Aid. So my mom comes into the audition room with all the girls and hands me a Band-Aid. I'm and you're probably like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. My mom's here. Can this get any worse? I'm very unprofessional. I'm cut. So we do the tap combination, and everything from the waist up is pictures. I am giving face. I am just faking it till I make it, and everything below my waist was just chaos because I didn't know how to shuffle at all. But I committed and when my group was done, I'm like, this is it. I'm getting cut. I start putting all of my stuff in my bag as Nora Brennan is going through the headshots. And she's calling name after name after name. And all my stuff is almost in my bag because I'm ready to leave. And then the last name called is my name. And my jaw dropped and I immediately start unpacking everything I started packing up. And it just goes to show that you never know if, if you're right for what they need. And little did I know, because I did not know this at the time, the role that I was being considered for, which I ended up getting, my specific character and one other ballet girl didn't tap in the show. Oh. Yeah, because there was a big tap number at the end that every single ballet girl track except for two did. And my track was one of the tracks that just didn't. didn't, They didn't need it. And I mean... I did understudy Tracy Atkinson and then eventually take over the role, but they taught me everything I needed to know. Like it was a couple shuffles and like one time step. I'm like, that's not bad. Taught it to me. So it was just, it was crazy because, and my mom was like, my mom was a dancer. Mm -hmm. So I inherited my love for dance from her and my love for Broadway and everything. And she, my parents are so supportive of me and, and my dream, especially back then. And so they would, you know, allow me to go to these auditions. But when I said I wanted to do Billy Elliot, my mom was like, I, hon, I don't know. That's a really big dance show. Like, she wasn't at all saying I was a bad dancer or trying to discourage me. She was just trying to make me aware that it was a huge dance show. But I was like, Mom, I can do it. I will fake it till I make it. And I'm happy I did. Yeah. Here we are. Was there like a highlight moment from Billy Elliot for you? I mean, I hate to be sentimental, like cliche and sentimental, but the whole thing was just such a beautiful experience. I will say some highlights that come to mind are just like, I was in the cast that had, it was like the 1,000th performance, I believe. So like Stephen Daldry came and the original Billies came. Did Elton John ever come? No, I was so sad that I never met Elton John, but... A lot of other people in the Billy family had both on tour and on Broadway. So I was like, I will vicariously live through the Facebook photos that I see. Yeah. um, They did like the celebration and the Billies came. And then 
we did the Easter bonnet, um, like the final Easter bonnet. We did one. I got to meet so many famous film and TV actors who were on Broadway at the time. We're just like happened to be in the on the block of Forty Six and on Forty Six and Forty Fifth, like Robin Williams and um, Phoebe Newworth and uh, Shields. Like just getting to that's amazing. Just I'll see them on the street. Like I was the nine year old who would smell the famous people i'd be like okay guys let's let's like try to find them and then like during our dinner breaks i would go across the street to dean and deluca and i would run into brooke shields and just start talking to her <laughs> and so like those weird ex- life experiences that you would never get if you were in a different situation it was just i'm so thankful for all the fun opportunities i got when i remember when brooke shields was in the adams family it's funny because I thought Brooke, Brooke Shields was actually dead because she played uh, Hannah Montana's mom. I know. I thought that. So I thought she was actually dead until I realized that she was on. But you know what I mean? I, I exactly know what you mean because I said that to her, one, when I met her. <laughs> and one, it was me and Brooke Shields in the, it's not Dana DeLuca anymore. I think it's it's near where the Sony Music Hall is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was me, Brooke Shields, my mom, and Brooke Shields' bodyguard. And Brooke Shields had gone up to order something, and I had gone up to get a napkin. And I was I was anything but shy. And I was like, hi, Brooke. I'm Annabelle, and I'm in Billy Elliot. So nice to meet you. And my mom now tells me the story of how she was, like, talking to the bodyguard, being like, I will go get her. Please tell me if you need this to stop. She just loves Brooke Shields. But, like, we understand if, like, she can't be talking to her. And the bodyguard was so nice to my mom. He was like, oh, no, she loves this. She loves kids. And I I literally said to her, I loved you in Hannah Montana, and I thought you were dead. <laughs> and now looking back on it, I'm mortified because as I grew older, I realized the real career she had. Mm-hmm film and I love her films now but like back then when I was 11 I I wasn't really allowed to see the films that she was in right totally I feel like she probably she gave me some grace with that yeah totally yeah I'm sure she did would you ever want to go on tour like on a national tour of a show yes I would love that I have always wanted to be able to travel the country and I've only really ever been up and down the east coast and one trip to california so aside from the fact of just performing in different cities all over the country that just seems really fun and wild to me but i just think tour life is so interesting and i know how brutal it is i've heard the stories and i know how just demanding it is just from being away from your family and having one day off and that's your travel day Mm but um yeah, it is something I would really love to experience, especially in my young adult life, because I'm finally, I'm on my own. I don't need a guardian like I used to when I was little. Mm-hmm. It just seems fun. Who are some of your musical influences? Joni Mitchell, Carol King, Barbara Streisand, and Judy Garland. Love it. Legend, 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 legend. Yes, legends across the board. 100%. I think they're a Joni Mitchell musical will be coming next. Yes, I heard rumors about that with Christy Altamore. Right? Am I wrong? I don't want to speak. I have to look it up, but... I think I'm right. I mean, I I'm shocked it. that they haven't done one yet. I know, but they... I definitely know that there are rumors that it's in development, and I'm 100% here for it. However, I wonder if they're going to get the 
permission to do it only because of how you know how tight Joni has been keeping her music for good reason mm-hmm. just with her um, social her advocacy and everything mm-hmm. um, that's why I love her so much but I wonder how that will affect her songs getting the rights for musicals mm-hmm. I, I mean I, Big Yellow Taxi on a Broadway stage I mean come on they could do so much with just like lighting and sets and just between the art and the music yeah and the tony award for best musical goes to insert name joni the musical yes oh oh wait what's that hold on what's her um album that because there's one album that i think would be a really good musical title Lady of the Canyon. Wouldn't that be a good musical title? Yeah. I feel like that would be better than Joni. To be like la- like Lady of the Canyon, a Jody Min- a Joni Mitchell musical. Perfect. Okay, we should get royalties if they use that title. Oh yes. <laughs> Can you play any instruments? Yes. I in elementary school I learned how to play the flute, so I honestly wish I had continued with that. But um, I taught myself how to play guitar, piano, and ukulele by ear. That's so cool. Do songs get stuck in your head easily? Oh, yeah. I get earworms very frequently. Are you a fan of jukebox musicals? Yes, and I would absolutely love to be in one. Oh, I love them. I have a serious obsession with them. Last time I was in New York, I saw two. Oh, really? What did you see? Tina and MJ. I like Tina more than MJ. I like MJ was good, but there's just a lot that happens in MJ, and it and I just was just like, whoa! Just it was just a lot for me. Yeah. But I love Tina. They have to pack a lot into so little time, so I get that. Yeah, I mean, with like the whole with all the flashbacks and everything, but like Tina, it goes in like order, kind of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I loved Tina. I thought we Tina was amazing. Which, in my opinion, is like my favorite jukebox musical. Have you seen the Share Show? No, and I wish I had gotten to see it, but I didn't. But I low key saw bootlegs on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw the Share Show when I graduated from high school, and it was before I knew that St- who Stephanie J. Block was. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Stephanie J. Block was until I saw the Share Show. Wow! Did you fall in love with her? Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. And then, you, and then you fell down her rabbit hole. Yeah, pretty much. And then I watched falsettos online, and then I watched um, her dancing to I Love to Hear the Music from Boy From Oz on YouTube. Oh, and gosh, I forgot about that. She was amazing as Liza Minnelli. My grandparents saw her as Liza Minnelli, but, before, but, that, but I was like two years old. Oh, my gosh, they're so lucky. What was your first Broadway show? That I saw? Yeah. Little Mermaid. I saw it in, funny story, I saw it in 2008, and... Tim Federley, who is now an icon in the TV world, who uh, did Better Nate Than Ever. He wrote the book and then made the Netflix movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. He was uh, he, he was in Little Mermaid, and um, he was on the night I saw it. He was, I believe he was the understudy and or a swing, I forget, for uh, either Flotsam or Jetsam. That's amazing. And I saw him the night he was on because I still had the paper insert that said Tim Federley. Flash forward to Billy Elliot, I meet him because he works on the production. And you're like, uh, here, look. Like, I saw you on a night that you were on because he was either an understudy or a swing, so he was on. I mean, I just couldn't believe it was so to share. So, yeah. um, that was the first musical I saw. Yeah. 
Are you a fan of more Nike or Adidas? Nike because they fit my wide foot. <laughs> yeah. I love both brands. They're very cool looking, but Nike just through and through will fit my foot. <laughs> Are you a fan of animated movies? I am. I have a deep obsession with animated movies, and I love all the Disney films. I love DreamWorks and Pixar. My my cousin actually used to work for DreamWorks, um, doing the like technical coding stuff for the animation for like I love it. a couple of the movies. But my all-time favorite film is The Prince of Egypt. Who would you like to share the stage with someday? Well, this is lofty and it'll, it, just because she doesn't do it, Barbara Streisand, but realistically speaking, that, that's like my pipe dream. Yeah. But realistically speaking, who would I like to share? Hmm. That's tough. Oh, Jessie Mueller. Mm-hmm. She, she's a real, she seems like a real good human. Yeah. And she's funny. Oh, yeah. So, I solidify my answer, Jessie Mueller. And what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you? I have central auditory processing disorder, which I consider to be like my superpower. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a neurological kind of disorder. So yeah. basically, um, it has nothing to do with the hearing in the ears. It it affects from the brainstem up to the audio cortex. Oh. So basically. And people who are neuro, uh, neurotypical and don't have auditory processing disorder, when you hear sound, it goes right to the audio cortex. But for my brain, how it was explained to me is it kind of goes to the right hemisphere, circles around to the left, and then finally makes its way to the audio cortex. It's like a solar system in there. Yes. <laughs> and so it, it, it allows me to be able to hear conversations kind of across the room because I'm able to tone out who's talking to me and I can hear people talking across the room that's cool and sometimes that that's just funny for me because I'll hear other people's conversations but it also really messes with my interactions with people but also um yeah it's just it's interesting oh I love it once again, I've been speaking with Annabelle Kemp from Billy Elliot on Broadway. And I will see you all in my next episode, which is the season three finale of the Jamie Star podcast. I will be speaking with Madeline Kendall from the Anastasia National Tour.